Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Untitled Podcast. My name is Lindsay McNary, and I am here with uh, Nikki Cademan. We're talking about identity today, and this is part one. So little backstory. We met in college. We hated each other. Then we came <laughs> around to that. And now we're uh, cross-country best friends. So how's it going, Nick? Hey, it's going well. Um, I love that you still have your journalism voice. Makes me super, super happy. Um, one of us still has to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's something you can't turn off. Oh, uh, golly, no. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that you go through college, you never realized how traumatic something was until you went through it. And now you're doing all of this healing and this journey backwards. And I never realized I had an accent, but listening to like old home videos and stuff, I definitely had a tiny bit of like a southern twang or something. Uh, you still find it when I drink a little too heavily, so maybe before too long we'll see it a little bit. But um, other than that, I mean, just you're on or you're off if you're a J school kid, I found out, which you know exactly the same way. And Absolutely. especially with you and your bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny, um, you know, I'll pose for pictures and I'll do like a front pose or a side pose when I'm with other people. And I'm like, I remember, and I'm wearing this dress for my birthday that I wore, gosh, for a New Year's Eve party for a company I was working for, and a friend was taking my picture, and she's like, can you not pose like a bodybuilder for two seconds? I was like, what am I supposed to do? I gotta flex. Yeah, I gotta flex. I gotta show my front pose and my side pose. Um, No, and I, I love that, like, little segue that you brought in, because I think, you know, you and I have talked about, like, this topic, and I kind of just blurted it I was like we want to talk about identity um Mm -hmm. on this first episode and um I I I say episode because I'm not even sure what to call this yet you know I pitched the idea of the podcast to you what about a year ago um and it it took us a while to get here (laughs) a couple of twists and turns along the way is madness (laughs) (laughs) and I was like you know I think when I first pitched it to you I was like I want to call it what is life. And I was like that. I don't I don't know about you, but it didn't sit well with me. Like I'd be like okay, like that's great. No one knows what life is, but I can't call the podcast this. Like I I don't know. And we never came up with anything after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that's like asking me to order food off of a menu because I'm sitting there trying to And it's so funny because I think this is the perfect name, the Untitled Podcast, because I can't make decisions. Thus is why I have zero tattoos. I have no extra piercings past my first ear or a belly button that went really terribly. And uh, when I go to dinner with anybody, whether it's a first date or um, like my family or anything like that, I sit there and I'm just like, okay, what's the guy next to me ordering? Or like, what, what are you ordering? Okay. How much is that? Well, I need to be underneath that. Like just running through this dialogue inside my head. And I don't know if it's the ADHD. I don't know if it's like the emotional trauma or whatever it is. It's a mess because it's just loud all the time. So, you know, well, and you know, I love, (laughs) I do this every time on a date. I'll order whatever the other person orders and I'll have them go first. Even though like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm actually going to like it. I'll let them order. I'll be like, I'll get the same thing. And that is it. Um, I can't do that. That's too much trust. (laughs) There was one time I, 
Did I ever tell what you? What if it sucks? What if they like anchovies or something? Or if it's in a different language? Have you ever been to like a French restaurant? Or yeah, well, it, it is the most in- complicated thing in the world. Um, no, but you know, I'm allergic to lamb. We've had this discussion. Right. I ordered lamb because I, (laughs) so how did you pass off to this poor guy? You're probably on a date with. Oh, dude, I broke out in hives. Like like, for this dish of lamb. (laughs) And he's like, you do not like I'm sweating. I'm breaking out in hives. Like my face is getting. (laughs) This is a great first date. We didn't have one after that. (laughs) for the best she's crazy um <laughs> she doesn't know how to order her own food and but no well, I, I suffered an allergic reaction to make me feel better about myself well and i think that <laughs> i pretty much did i almost died i died for people it's like jesus um We're stupid. <laughs> so identity. <laughs> um, you know, I had I had this whole sophisticated thought process driving home from my friend's car dealership because that's where I hung out on a Saturday. Um, because once again, I have no life. Anyways, <laughs> right? So I was thinking, and such a weird transition, but it was. You know, where do I find my identity nowadays, right? You know, I'm in my off season. I tried to do another prep. Like, my mental health took a huge toll when I started this third prep, basically. I mean, I did two shows in one prep, but... Um, tell, tell everybody a little bit more about, like, what goes into, like, a bodybuilding yeah. prep and, like, what kind of bodybuilding process you go into. Because I know I'm super interested about that stuff, but a lot of people probably don't know. Yeah, yeah. So... Normally, it's about 12 to 16 week cut. Um, You spend about 40 weeks out of the year just bulking and putting on muscle in a healthy way. And then when you decide to do a show, one, you know, you want to make sure all of your hormones, all of your, you know, digestion's in check because you don't want to walk on stage bloated or all of that. But it's about a 16 week cut where you are on by far the most rigorous diet. Um, you're in the gym four or five times a week. Um, no more than that. You have to take your rest days. Like you don't get that cheap like it's meal. Not sustainable, right? Isn't no, that right? No, you can't. I mean, it's not something you can do all year long, right? And I know people who do six, seven shows a year, and they look phenomenal. Um, and they put in the work for it. But and this isn't to discredit from their hard work by any means, but it's also just that you know some of it's genetics. Some of it is genetics. Um. Uh, and so for me, it's a 16-week prep for most. Um, still recovering from some digestion issues from, you know, my first show and, you know, doing like three shows in 2019, starting and stopping prep seven times in 2020 because of COVID and all of that fun jazz. Um, so, you know, these last, what, Linz, when did I start competing? 2018? Probably right around there. Yeah. yeah I, that's about right. Yeah. So... I, got, I remember it was like a weird, super weird conversation. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to be bodybuilding. And I was like, okay, okay, that's that sounds cool. Like, do I get to try on your sparkly swimsuits? Because <laughs> my husband is not going to be cool with this. <laughs> I think I asked you what you meant when you were talking about sparkly swimsuits, because I had no idea how graceful I had to be for this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. my, you know, dance, cheer, 
beauty pageant right everything raising kid but was just like oh my gosh sparkles i want them all right and so, so i was literally over here about already just to jump on the train i don't care what diet you asked me to do do i get a 400 or whatever i don't even know how much they cost so to be honest i think my most expensive one ended up being like 500 dollars, but the one that i wore in april was 450 and i usually give them a budget i'm like i'm not dishing out nine thousand dollars for this right Hey, I just want to put up one just one time. I just want to, you know, Dude, I'll send one you, time. I'll send you my old ones. Um, because I can never I just wear... play dress up. I just want to play dress up. Well, I did the Miss Texas uh pageant what like August yeah. of 2018, so right before my first show. Like, my very first show was December of 2018. Um, and I did the Miss Texas pageant. And once again, if you had told me how graceful I would have needed to be. <laughs> You know, you're, t- you're taking rugby, soccer player, tennis player, track um, runner. Very like athlete that, like, grace does not. No. No, I mean, you were tripping over soccer balls four days a week. Like, and by you, I mean Nikki. Um, right. <laughs> I haven't touched a soccer ball in six years, but we can get to that later. Um, but yeah, just a rigorous 16 week, sometimes even 21 week prep. Like that's the longest I'd ever push anyone out, right? Um, you're cutting, you're cutting, you're cutting and you're tra- tracking your metabolism and your hormones and you're doing X, Y, and Z. And it's, I mean, it's hard. It's exhausting. You know, you want to go home and sleep. And I got really lucky where I, you know, I didn't have any cravings this time around. I think I was just so dialed in and focused where I was like, I, I don't want anything. And even after my show, I was like, okay, cool. Like, after my first show this year, I was like, great. Like, I didn't even finish my cheat meal, Lindsay. Like, I knew I had to get right back on it the next morning for that second show. And, Oof. yeah. And so, I mean, one, you're you're in a completely different place. Like, you're dialed in. You're in a dark spot mentally. Like, you right. have to take yourself to the lowest of low depths just to be that focused. So I think that honestly, that makes like a really good bridge into the fact of like, um, to do something like that anyways. I mean, I feel like you have to have like a rock solid, not necessarily like identity, but also just a good grasp on like what you've gone through as a human. Yeah. So like accepting yourself, because I don't know about you, but it actually surprises me how little people are okay with being by themselves in a room. Like if, So for instance, um, so I've always had a really big struggle with my identity just because of my own, you know, childhood experiences, issues with like sexual assault and stuff like that. And then right out of college, just finding out that, hey, like you're going to be a mom and just kind of going through the ringer of some just life things that you really have to pay attention to. And, you know, you're not the focus. Well, long story short, I drove myself practically into a medical burnout to where my my therapist who I adore, um, is pretty much like, you need to take two weeks, lock yourself somewhere. Don't tell anyone where you're at. Obviously make sure it's okay with your family, but you're going to sit by yourself. I can't watch TV, play music or anything like that. Like I have to let myself you know, go through my mental. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have to, I have to let myself, you know, go through the depression. I'm going to be honest, you know, I've got the mental health of a cucumber, but we're working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even talking about like veggie tails type of cucumber, like just a cucumber that lays on your counter and scares the heck out of your cat kind of cucumber. (laughs) 
but um but it's honestly been such a wonderful thing for me because i've honestly been able to sit in the silence and the first couple days i was depressed and like depressed as hell but at the same time i kind of got to the point where i was just depressed out and I've been working really hard on my medications to make sure my body's right. Like my thyroid is fine tuned. You know, I'm right. taking um, a anti-anxiety, antidepressant. Um, and then I'm just really addressing like my ADHD, really sitting with my intentions and why I'm doing things. Like right. why am I holding someone to a standard that I'm not willing to hold? And if I am holding to someone to the standard I'm holding myself? Like, why am I chasing perfection so hard? Like, why did I spend so much time in college trying to be this apex female that was suave and sexy, but also like popular and right. accomplished? Like, did I really want to do that for me? Or was or it for was the notoriety? It because that's and... it. Yeah, like what some man told me I needed to be or some professor or whatever that was. Well, right. And I think you and I, and I, I mean, I'm not saying like I was the most popular person on campus by any means. But, but you at the same time, like, like we were very well known. So anytime, yeah. you know. Well, we couldn't walk across campus having this conversation without being interrupted 20 times because someone or another knew us. And then we'd introduce them and then we need more people. Like you were, you were dance, you were working at, um, for the university and yeah, stuff. Yeah. You were, oh gosh, I was thinking of that dance hall. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Dirty dogs. There we go. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, true bars. True. <laughs> and you know, it was, Nikki was getting ready for another track meet or a soccer game, or, you know, she was going off to a debate competition or, you know, it was whatever. And there was a lot of pressure. I think you and I kind of sat down and talked about that at one point. Right. And I was driving home today and I, you know, I was thinking about our topic and I was thinking about this podcast and just identity as a whole and, you know, being involved with the church and it's like, you know, our identity is in him. But the concept of grace and mercy is so far, I don't want to say monetized because that's not the right word, but it's. But at the same time, I feel like it is. It is. And it's like, you know, when someone's going through a tough time, it's like, hey, Jesus has grace and mercy for you and you need to have that for yourself. And I think as Christians and followers of Christ, it it takes us from being like, okay, my identity is in Christ. And it takes us to, hey, my identity is in his grace and it's in his mercy. And I think that's right. just so dangerous because when we don't feel that grace and mercy, when we don't feel deserving or capable of it we're not we're not pursuing christ we're pursuing habits and temperaments of christ if that makes sense and i think i know i've been in a really good book lately that was talking a lot about um and to be honest like i'm a very very big faith person as well like in my own faith but i mean i i love my church. I love churches in general, but I also feel like the church itself has kind of gotten to a point where it kind of really just almost becomes part of the problem. Because even in a conversation with my sister, she, you know, she's like, you know, my faith is pretty private, but at the same time, like, I don't really believe that God would let all these bad things happen. And I know that you and I have talked to an Mm -hmm. extent about this, but at the same time, it's like, well, you have this, the presence of sin in the world from three different categories, you know, like natural disasters, like sin in nature itself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no one likes to talk about it when a tornado runs through the middle of Kansas and <laughs> someone dies from that. 
No one likes to talk about, you know, sin and other people. Somebody drives drunk and kills your best friend or your husband or your brother or anything like that. You know, that's something that's really, really tough and it's heavy and it's hard and it's allowed to be hard. Right. But you also have just like shit hits the fan type of sin where it's just it's sin. We have no answers for it. But at the same time, like, yes, God could change it for us. But because of the fact that he doesn't, it's all the more of a beautiful reason about why the Bible and religion as a whole is such a love story. But I think faith and most of your churches today spend so much time trying to get us to understand that, hey, like we don't deserve this. Like we are, you know, sin as humans. Right. Well, and I think, you know, they chase so many people away because, well, women are just supposed to sit still and not be powerful in their own right. Or, you know, like you're supposed to be quiet and soft and all these different things. And then we learn about these women in the Bible who are, you know, like Ruth and um, like all of these powerful women. Sorry, my brain is shutting off. Um, But like there's something fierce about a woman who is passionate. Like she doesn't have to sit still and make all these baked goods for the church. Like there's no defining or ideal picture of mm-hmm. what a feminine power looks like or a masculine power looks like, but you can see so many beautiful things about the difference between a man and a woman based off of the different characters or characteristics of Christ himself. Right. And I that's so cool. Like you have obviously you know, men as they love adventure and every man wants to fight for the love of uh, a beauty or a female or something that they truly care about and feel empowered about. Right. But they also at the same time want to be like the protector and the provider. Like this isn't the fifties anymore and you can't just bring a paycheck home and expect yourself to be satisfied with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just like a woman can't, you know, a, you can't be a gold digger as a female and be happy with your life. Yeah. Like women at yeah. the core, they want to be romanced. Like God wants to be romanced. Yeah. Like whether you want attention, pursuance, love, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like another one that I thought really great about when I was watching my daughter the other day was that every girl just wants to feel beautiful. And so I'm sitting there watching my daughter Peyton and she's there twirling in a skirt and it's, <laughs> It's got sequin flowers. It has got everything. And she's twirling and she's like, mommy, do I look pretty? And now I know you know me, but for everyone else out there, I'm a very affirmational mom because